at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon. And welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, December 15th, 2022 edition. And uh, I just finished up our newest KPP Financial Wealth webinar, Income Opportunities in a Rising Rate World. I know there were some technical difficulties. Our, our Wi-Fi uh, dropped out a few times. Um, so thank you all who, who uh, showed up. Um, what we're going to do is anything that uh, we didn't, uh, didn't get through, right, through uh, the dropping of the, the Wi-Fi, uh, I'm going to record a a voiceover, basically, and redo the the webinar and put that uh, out uh, here in the next week. So, be on the lookout for that. And once again, sorry for technical difficulties. You know these things happen when you're doing a, a live webinar. Um, but we're going to get the full webinar out to you shortly. Now, we covered a lot of things on the webinar: the Fed's role uh, in the current uh, inflationary environment and future disinflationary environments or, 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 or uh, falling inflationary environment, shall we call it, uh, where we talk about different income opportunities, selling puts of calls. Uh, uh, we talk about uh, the various risks and how to know what type of risks are appropriate for you. Um, so we're going to post the webinar on our YouTube channel. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, we're going to send that out to all those that registered. So thank you all for tuning in and uh, turning out. Now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm here, as always, to help you make the most of your investment dollars, your capital, help you make the best decisions for your end goals, your risk tolerance levels, etc. And so I look forward to this hour answering your finance and investment questions, as always. And the phone lines are open for you at 888-99-CHART. So my main focus point is in regards to when it comes to risk, is it dangerous to trust your instincts? So we're going to look at some uh, data uh, there, as well as we're going to touch a bit on how trading stocks is going to become a bit different here uh, coming up uh, as the government is trying to crack down the SEC. We're also looking at the crypto environments and, and, you know, is it becoming more and more obvious that the vast majority is just a big scam. I think it is, uh, and which is not uncommon uh, for new industries, unregulated industries, etc. So we're going to look at that, that, that as well as electric vehicles and the supply chains and what it's going to take to build out a fleet of EVs that are uh, that that can displace the internal combustion engine and what that uh, supply chain will look like. So we're going to look at that. And we have your voice bank questions ready to play as well. One is on Oak Tree Specialty Lending, OCSL, and then stock losses. 
So we're going to get to some voice bank questions. Those are a couple of them. And of course, your live calls as well at 888-99 chart. Now let's take a look at the market today. We had a decidedly down day after the Fed meeting yesterday. Growth stocks were hit on the chin the most, down about uh, 3% or more across the board. Value stocks didn't do well either, but only down about one and a half to 2%, depending if you're talking about large or small cap. On average, the whole market was uh, down about 2.5% in total. Um, and that's obviously on the back of what it perceived to be a more hawkish Fed, even though the bond market is saying, hey, the Fed's not going to be that much more hawkish, not going to be able to move much higher than where they are now. Uh, but that was the message, at least uh, I think investors were getting uh, in the equity markets. And that's why you saw a bit of a sell-off. We, we did close up off the lows. So that's a positive and that's a good thing. Uh, but we're, we didn't really break any major support levels. Uh, so uh, it's really just a pullback close to the 50-day moving average on the S&P. If you look at the NYSE, a broader index that pulled back right or right to the 200-day moving average and still a ways away from that 150-day that we uh, crossed back above decidedly in early November. So a uh, modest pullback on what is perceived to be a hawkish Fed announcement, but so far, just, just a modest one. Nothing too crazy. Now that's the market today. You had uh, a bit of a strong dollar that pulled commodity prices down uh, just a bit. Certainly a risk-off day, uh, but not really blood in the streets overall. All right. So that was the, uh, the market today. And uh, I... I think we're going to be probably range bound for the rest of the year. Now we're heading into a break. I welcome your finance and investment questions. No question is too simple or too complex. You set the agenda. Give Invest Talk a call at 888 chart. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know Building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, each InvestTalk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. InvestTalk is a free download, and hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real-time data research and years of investing experience. 24-7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days, the Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. The holiday season is here. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty, and they welcome your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Dan from New York. I have a question about investing in REITs right now. Because of the interest rates, REITs have been hit pretty hard, and I want to add an ETF to my Roth IRA for the long term, about 20, 30 years. Uh, the ETF is EWRE. I was just wondering what you think about investing in REITs right now and whether or not I should wait a little bit until the middle of next year to start adding for it or just 
by it was in January. Thank you. All right, looking at EWRE, uh, I wouldn't wait till you know, buying things. I wouldn't wait till the new year just because of the new year. It's a good time to buy or not. So uh, the timing is has nothing to do with the new year. Now this is EWRE, this Invesco S&P 500 Equal Weight Real Estate ETF. Now the first thing I like about it, it's equal weight. So you're not just overweight the larger names uh, typically long term that's a, a better way to uh, a, a better way to go about uh, allocating your investments is just as much to smaller and mid cap names as you are to those larger cap names so uh, I like that spent ratio is about 0.4 percent which is for a sector ETF uh, I think that's about right it's not crazy expensive but not crazy cheap uh, either and if you look at the current yield, about 3.2%, that's not amazing, but it's solid. Uh, let me look at the chart here. Yeah, I mean, it's in a downtrend, it's been consolidating. It looks a lot like the market overall. Um, so I, I, for a Roth IRA, I think it's a solid name. Um, you know, uh, you're, you're, there are going to be certain reads that do, don't do very well. Uh, ones that are highly focused on office, uh, maybe retail. Those are going to struggle overall. Uh, more the ones that are leisure hospitality that are uh, in the uh, in the technology space, right? Leasing uh, for cloud computing facilities. Uh, those that are in industrial. Those are probably going to tend to outperform. Uh, but you're going to get a mix of that in here, and so that's kind of the downside. You're getting a mix of the good and the bad. Uh, whereas you rather own the individual names, but if you want to set it, forget it type of allocation to the real estate sector, this is a pretty good option. Thanks for the call. Now, from time to time, we see email questions, and this one came in from Michael and said, I sold my Suncor position a couple weeks ago after owning it for a couple of years. Now I have just started half position in ERF at around 1650. Wonder if I should make it a full position if it gets down near the 200 day moving average. And the answer is simply, yes, we like ERF. This is the, this is Enter Plus, Enter Plus Corporation. It's a Canadian oil and gas company, much smaller than Suncor, but more of a pure play. And one of our favorite Canadian uh, names, obviously we, we own this for clients. Uh, it's pulled back to the 100 day moving average. It did get there in September, to the 200 and closed below it for about a day or two, uh, and then rebounded nicely. Right now, it is in some support. Might not get all the way to 200. Uh, I think this is pretty good support here. Um, so I would be up for owning uh, more of Enter plus ERF is the symbol. Now let's pivot back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank play a question that came in earlier from a listener in North Carolina. Hey, Justin and Steve, Jared in North Carolina, listen to the show all the time. I wanted to get your thoughts on energy transfer. The ticker symbol is ET. Still an energy play. Seems like it's priced you know, pretty fair at these values. Just wanted to get your thoughts on a good entry point. Thank you. Love the show. All right. So this is energy transfer. Owns a large platform crude oil, natural gas, and natural gas liquid assets, primarily in Texas and the mid-continent USA. 
and it has gathering and processing facilities and one of the largest fractionation facilities in the U.S. and it does fuel dis distribution as well. So not only does it own the tr transportation assets, but it also looks like it produces some of that oil and gas as well. So uh, that's pretty good. Now, that, remember, this is a master limited partnership. Uh, actually, did it change? Yeah, it is a master limited partnership. Uh, and actually, maybe it didn't. It didn't, yeah. It's no longer a massive partnership. Interesting. I combined it with publicly traded limited and general partnerships in 2018. Maybe is it? I'm trying to see what, which it's it's still listed as a limited partnership. So I'm gonna go that this is a limited partnership. Yeah, still. Okay, so understand that that yields nine percent tax at your ordinary income tax rate. And then it does have a lot of debt, so that's the biggest worry is that uh it going to have to continue to probably funnel money towards paying down that debt, which it has done uh, a little bit so far over the past couple of years, but not to a big degree. Uh, overall, it's probably not my favorite name within the space just because of that uh, that high debt level. Um, but overall, it's pretty good. So I'm going to give ET a thumbs up, but uh, you can definitely find better within the energy space. Now, I'm Justin Klein. This is a fast moving Thursday and the market is unpredictable as always. And I'm ready for your investment questions and I'm ready to answer them. So give me a call now on the best talk at 888-99-SHARK. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Joseph in the Bay Area. wants to talk about Apple. Yes, sir. Yes, and how are you? First of all, I just want to um, say a piece of uh, just a piece of word. It's about you and uh, Steve. Uh, remarkable um, information given, providing for the you know the audience. And appreciate that. Appreciate for a long time, and uh, keep continue. Uh, Apple, a short term, it is going down the hill, especially the, today. Mm -hmm. So, what is um, um, what is what is it is going to happen these days? You know, all the market looks like going down. And uh, what is the low range? What uh, we have to expect according to your opinion on Apple? Thank well, you. Apple certainly uh, is at least recently lagging uh, the market. Now this year so far, it's, uh, it's been an outperformer, um, but recently it has been uh, underperforming. Obviously, there's future expectation of uh, of slower slower economy, uh, you have tensions in China. They're, they've been doing their best to diversify their supply chains away from uh, China, and you know that is uh, smart of them. But it's also very difficult to uh, you know the supply chains they put in place to continue to pump out millions of iPhones every single year. Uh, it's not as easy as they make it look. Um, but they're they're trying to diversify away. So there's definitely some some pressures uh, both 
uh, geopolitically and economically that's uh, that's weighing on their uh, their business overall. And earnings are expected to be flat next year, up 10% the year after, but those expectations are, are coming down. Um, and then you have on top of that, uh, they're the heaviest weighted portion of the S&P and the NASDAQ. And so the NASDAQ is, is, is underperforming, especially in a day like today. Um, and that's going to weigh on uh, Apple because money flows out of those funds and, you know, they're, they're most effective. Um, overall, long term, I think Apple's a great company. Um, it's roughly fairly valued. Um, so I don't think it's cheap or expensive at these levels. Um, but obviously, it's going to move generally with the overall market direction because it's the biggest uh, weighting. So it's really... That's the question is what's going to happen uh, with the market as a whole. Uh, and it also depends on your time horizon. Near term, I could see it being under a little bit more pressure. Longer term, I still think it's a great company. Uh, and out of all the things, and I've said this for years, it is easily the most valuable and interesting franchise to be a part of, to own, because of how sticky the relationship is with their end user. Uh, as well as the fact that their their business is relatively uh, less correlated uh, to the overall economy uh, compared to a Google or a Facebook who are very reliant on advertising dollars. Apple doesn't really rely on that. So um, like the name, but understand near term, could easily become, get under more pressure. Let's go to John in the Bay Area. Let's talk about housing. Hey, Justin. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Uh, I just bought a house recently, and um, I I think I probably overbid. But anyway, about 65% of my take-home income goes to mortgage and utilities. And uh, before this, I was renting, and only I think only 30% of my take-home income was going to housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a pretty good interest rate at 3.25%. I was wondering if it's good to just stick it out for long-term, or you know, if I do walk away from it, if I just... Um, dollar cost average into the market if i can get the same gains do you think it's better to stick it out or just do whatever saves me money well here's the question here's the first question and this is a question everybody should be asking about their primary residence do you like living there Are you happy living there well, well I, I just moved in not too long ago it's just a difficult adjustment that's why i'm i'm, I'm wondering if this is the right choice i'm sure i'll get used to it after a while okay well Getting used to it and liking it are two different things, I think. Um, and I, I, I say this consistently. Primary residence should never be about making money. So you don't think about your primary residence making money. Nobody should ever think of their primary residence as, oh, I'm going to make X amount on this property. It's not what, that's not the utility of a primary residence. It's not a vehicle to make money. Yes, prices have gone up over a long term. Uh, over the last 20, 30 years because interest rates have fallen. Now we are in an environment where the price of the property is not going to do very well, especially in, uh, inflation adjusted. going to do poor. That's what real estate prices are going to do for the next probably 20 or 30 years, most likely. Because you're not going to have that tailwind of lower and lower interest rates. In fact, you're going to have an environment that's a lot like this, where interest rates are going to surge higher, they're probably going to moderate, then they'll surge higher again. Uh, at, at best case, they're going to stay in the you know, mid single digits for many decades. That's best case. Um, and then you're, you're, it's going to be all about income in the, in the particular area. Now you're in the Bay area. 
not a good place to be owning real estate. Just not. Uh, too many people moving out of the area. People aren't going to make money like they were before during the tech boom. It's one of the worst places to own residential real estate um, in the country right now. Um, so, but at the end of the day, what your primary residence is for is to live in and be happy in location, amenities, size, etc. That's what's most important. And if you're happy, great, then you stick it out, you, you can afford it, etc. Go for it. If you are unhappy, then you need to find a way to be out of it. How you do that, it's up to you. Now we're heading into a break. I'm ready to take your calls now at 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Christmas will be here soon, and then comes New Year's. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Now, in the next InvestTalk, the story behind this question. Should you be looking into wide-mode stocks? That's tomorrow. My folks book concerns the story behind this question. Now, when it comes to risk it is dangerous to trust your instinct and this is important because the famous quote from mike tyson which is everyone has a plan until they punch them out and that applies well to the investment world as well it's easy to say oh i have a long-term plan when things are good and you're focused on the returns, the positive returns, positive things that are happening with that plan today. But as time goes on, when you take risk in markets, which unless you're just putting it in CDs or treasuries, you're going to be taking some level of risk. Even treasuries have some level of risk there, right? Look at TLT. So when you're taking risk, you're going to run into times when your strategy isn't doing so hot. 
And it's easy to questions, question your long-term investment strategy uh, and when, when things aren't going well. And hindsight bias would have us believe that we saw this coming and that you should trust your gut. But the, the statistics say otherwise. Now, what we're talking about here is the difference between your risk tolerance level, which is fairly static over time, meaning your willingness to take a, a certain amount of risk for a certain amount of reward. That's a risk tolerance level. That's something we, when we go to, when you go to our website, you click on risk, risk questionnaire, that's what we're trying to gauge. And that's our first way we're trying to understand what type of investor uh, you are when I'm doing a portfolio review, for example. But then there's risk perception, and this is what can change wildly. And it's how risky a specific investment feels to an individual at a particular time. And this can be affected by past performance, especially recent performance, culture, emotion, and even the nuances of how the information is presented to you. It's been shown wording and color and graphics can drastically change how you feel about a, about a particular investment just simply based on visual factors. And this is when you can misjudge the actual riskiness of a particular investment in both directions. And it wasn't that the riskiness of the particular investment changed much. It's just simply your perception of that risk changed. There's a couple ways to handle this. Now, the first is to ignore it, step back, and the other is to actually take action when it's appropriate. Now, the question is, how do you judge that? How do you figure that out? Well, you have to ask yourself a few questions. Is it because just simply of recent performance? Is it something you saw on TV or uh, you know social media? that made you think that the economy was going to be better or worse for a particular reason? Was it the way a news channel presented something? A sales website presented something? Was it something you heard on a podcast or a radio show? So sensationalism and emotional messaging can get people to drastically misjudge an investment. This is typically where, when I say invest how the mar how, what, what the reality is, not what you hope it to be or wish it to be, that's typically what you're talking about. And this is what happens in um, when it comes to consumer sentiment. For example, if, you, if your party is not in power, if you're a Republican and a Democrat is in, in, in the White House, you have typically a more pessimistic view of the economy and vice versa. And that's just, nothing just changed about much about the economy. The, 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 the president actually doesn't do a whole lot to change the direction of the economy, despite what the media will try to tell you. The Fed has a lot more impact on what happens in the economy than, than the president. And so what happens here is when your emotions run hot, that's when your perception of that risk can change dramatically. So you have to ask yourself, has something drastically changed about this investment? 
from a high level. And this is what we talk about when I say we're having a shift from growth to value, from growth to value. Yes, something has shifted. Major changes in the structure of our global economy has shifted to a more inflationary environment. That warrants a shift, a change that's more long-term. More often than not, though, it's more of a short-term. Things that can change a perception of risk are more short-term. But if you're talking about a particular company, did management change? That could change your perception of uh, or the actual riskiness of the business. Did their the amount of debt they took on, maybe they bought another company for a huge amount, they took a bunch of debt on their balance sheet, and that changes the riskiness of the investment. Maybe they changed their overall strategy to the marketplace and the way that they do business. That could change the perception of, of risk in the overall business. Those are things that are concrete, that are long lasting. A recession, that's not really long lasting, right? Recessions come and they go. And so you got to remember the long game and make sure that your long-term investment plans are not derailed by short-term emotions. So you always want to change your point of view and take both sides. Think of both sides and what is long-lasting and what is more temporary. Let's go to Nick in Manhattan Beach. Wants to talk about BSI. Hi, Justin. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, BESI, uh, BE Semiconductor. It's a uh, about a $5 billion Dutch semiconductor um, hardware supplier. Okay. And uh, it's got very high return on equity, very strong management, uh, just judging from the financials. I've listened to a couple uh, investor calls and uh, earnings reports, and the CEO has essentially indicated that um, from one, their new, one new product alone, uh, hybrid hybrid bonding, this new product uh, that Taiwan Semiconductor and Intel and Samsung are very excited to buy a lot of. This uh, this one product alone should essentially, uh, according to him, double the uh, company's entire revenue alone by the end of 2025. Uh, so I'm bullish on the company. Um, I know it's, it's shot up recently, but I'm looking to buy it in the low 50s. So I'm wondering what you think about that. Thanks. Well, first, you don't want to take what somebody internal is saying about their products uh, as gospel. You want to really understand from a third party uh, whether the, these products are truly going to be as uh, groundbreaking as they're, they're saying they are. Um, so make sure you're, you're double checking on is this true? What, what, are the, what about their channel checks? Are they actually getting true orders for these things? Um, I think that uh, would be to important. The question. To, it's um... It's the, it's the founder and CEO. Uh, yeah, the founder exactly. Company, so I trust so the founder and CEO, he's a bit biased, right? Um, so right. you want to be taking that with a bit of grain of salt. Uh, I would want to see that to, to believe it. Um, you know, uh, if I was talking to maybe an expert within the industry that was third party that didn't have any ties to the company, that would mean a lot more to me than what the, the CEO and founder is saying. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but if you're looking at the semiconductors overall, long term, it's been a pretty good business, especially since the financial crisis. Their return equity has been uh, trending higher. The return assets have trended higher. So clearly, they're moving in the right direction, uh, which which I like. Uh, their operating margins are at 41%. They're probably over earning now, 
Um, so it's probably going to come back in a bit. But clearly, this has been well run for the past 10 plus years. And so I like that. They have operations around the world, Netherlands, Australia, Switzerland, Malaysia, China. Uh, I would want to know what type of exposure they have in China. That would be important to me. Um, and then also, when are these, when's this product going to hit market? Uh, who's, are they going to be putting these in place here in the U.S., uh, new chip foundries, et cetera? Um, so these are questions I would really need to, to answer. But I like the overall trend of the business. I like the overall trend of the chart. Uh, it's out of the Netherlands. Uh, typically, a lot of solid quality foreign companies come out of that there. So I'm going to give this one overall thumbs up as long as I check a few of those boxes and do a little background research that confirms your thesis. Uh, but do a little more research. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Sid in North Carolina, North Carolina, looking at Visa and Master Visa and PayPal. Excuse me. Hi, Justin. Good evening. Happy holiday. And thank you. Thank you for the wonderful webinar today. It was quite informative and a lot of information to digest. So really appreciate uh, for all the hard work uh, from you and the team. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, I don't have any financial positions in my portfolio for whatever the reason. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought probably to start with something I should go with always a strong and a good company. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know whether PayPal and Visa both are good or one of them is good. And if it's the right company, then what should be the target entry point? It can guide something that would be really good. Thank you. All right. This is PayPal and Visa. And, you know, I have problems with both of these. Technically, PayPal not looking good. Uh, it, it looks cheap, but analysts continue to downgrade its earnings, uh, and so that's an issue. Um, it's obviously in some of the growthier uh, funds, and those are, are seeing outflows. So, you know, from a, a valuation perspective, PayPal is definitely cheaper, but technically it's a lot weaker. So it's not anything I would pick up right now. I would need to see this firm up, spend some time above the 200-day moving average, which is right now around... $88 and declining, and now it's at 69 and change at the close today. So uh, a name that's on my watch list for a turnaround, uh, but not checking enough boxes for me yet. Visa, I worry, uh, I, I see a lot of long-term threats uh, to Visa. There are bills going through Congress to uh, regulate their exchange fees and their profitability uh, and create more competition within the space. You also have uh, just the the longer term trend of uh, CBDCs that are likely to come about over the next uh, decade or so where you know, everyone, everyone might have their own CBDC account where money is deposited, their own kind of bank account that they can transfer uh, money uh, from business to or consumer to business uh, and bypass a network like Pizza. Um, so I just see the long term trajectory of their business being threatened with better technology. Remember the Visa MasterCard network, it's based on technology that's decades old. And so, you know, from Apple Pay and uh, just so many other ways to, to move money, Venmo, et cetera, I just see Visa and MasterCard's business in secular decline over the next decade plus. And so the premium you're paying for Visa at 28 times uh, earnings is just too high. 
So I don't like either of these. These aren't names that I get excited about investing. The call. Now there are two weeks remaining in 2022. And the question is, are you prepared for the challenges that are sure to come in the new year? Well, if you need help understanding these changing dynamics in markets and how they are impacting your portfolios, I encourage you to reach out to us at KB Financial, where we practice independent thinking and parallel investing, which means you invest right alongside our clients. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio view assessment via telephone or go to meetings, and you can head over to investtalk.com and click on portfolio review and schedule appointment with me. The sooner you contact us, the sooner we can help get your portfolio optimized. Now, the Best Talk listener line often, uh, the, the Best Talk listeners often call into our voice bank of questions, and other people send emails, and others leave iTunes review questions as well. And we'd like to get to those quickly. Jared M says, I bought Starbucks in the high 60s, right at the lows of the year. I'm up over 50%, much faster than expected. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the business. Is it a good hold, or maybe I buy more on another pullback, or should I maybe take some profits? Take a look at Starbucks. Did have a nice bounce, uh, but it looks to be rolling over. And, and historically, Starbucks struggles in a down market and a down economy. And you're seeing that uh, earnings growth is slowing. Last quarter, earnings were down 18% year over year. Revenue is only up 3% year over year. This is trading at 35 times earnings. And you go based on next year's earnings expectations. I think this is too expensive. I would take your profits. I would move on. It's typically a very cyclical name. People, you know, when they lose their job or they feel their job might be threatened, uh, they have less money in their pocket, they tend to spend less money on $6 lattes. Just how it is. And so I don't see Starbucks as a great place to be investing right now. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here each and every weekday, which is help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And we're heading into our final break. So I know we didn't get the questions on our webinar today because of technical difficulties. So if you have one that you wanted to ask, now's a good time to give us a call. Answer it here on InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Duncan from New York. Thank you for all that you do. As uh, your previous podcast, I am now starting to look for small to medium-capped stock tickers. Right now, I'm looking at the energy sector, and I have these two stocks, so I'm hoping to get a little light on it. The first stock is STNG Scorpio Tankers, and the next one is ASC Ardmore Shipping. Both of them are actually in the gas, oil, and consumable fuels industry, so it's obviously in the energy sector. Both of them have actually done a great performance over the entire year. Which one do you actually think would be a good stock to, I guess, take a gamble on moving forward into 2023? I'm looking forward to hearing uh, your response. Have a great day. Bye. 
are looking at Scorpio Tankers, STNG, as well as Admore Shipping Corp, ASC. Now, uh, Scorpion Tankers, STNG, that one is focused on transporting refined petroleum products. So gasoline, heating oil, fuel oil uh, for refineries. And Admore is also does that, but also moves chemical products throughout the world as well. Now, both of them are doing very well, mainly because of the Ukraine war. There's uh, a lot of there were a lot of refined products that were moving out of those uh, those areas, and now uh, they're trying to find new sources. Companies are trying to find new sources, and that means that there's more demand from shipping uh, shipping these products across the world. Um, and so, their business is doing very very well. Uh, Add more uh, lost money last year, but supposed to make three dollars and fifty three cents this year. Uh, Scorpion. Uh, lost lost four dollars per share last year, supposed to make almost twelve dollars this year. Uh, but this is all has to do with short term tailwinds of their business. Long term, both of these companies are poor businesses. But as long as there continues to be high demand for their the product that they ship, they're going to be able to earn pretty strong margins. So this is one of those names that you're going to be riding the wave, uh, and you. You want to have a stop now for both of these names i would use probably the 100 day moving average neither of them have threatened the 100 day moving average since the start of the war uh and if it does it breaks those levels that's when i would be out uh longer term asc add more is definitely a better business has higher profit margins longer term uh, but still not a great business um so of the two ASC is the better long-term uh, play, although I don't think both are great long-term plays. Uh, whereas Stinger has better price momentum, so has a bit better uh, a chart. So it depends on what you're looking at. Uh, both of these, I would have tight stops at the 100-day moving average. Thanks for the call. Now, lastly, I want to touch on investor psyche. Really human psyche. And Crypto is a perfect view into what most investors want or get out of the money they put in, the capital they put And more often than not, investors fail to resist the temptation of easy money and fall prey to the emotion of greed. Now, the historical quote is, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it, and that's true in markets more than anything because understanding history is really understanding human nature and our it's in our nature to be gamblers to get out of investing what we want which we say is more money but for most people it's more excitement and they want something to talk about at cocktail parties. And it's oftentimes the right investments are not that exciting. Just like a Warren Buffett. He's been around for a long time. His secrets are well known. He writes about them. But the philosophy is pretty dry and boring. For the vast majority of the world. And so... If you are one to 
be more thrilled with your investing than to make money, then you're going to struggle. And you have to put your priorities straight, get your priorities straight, which is you need to hold solid, good investments above the emotions of excitement. And unfortunately, if you're honest with yourself for the vast majority of people, that's what's holding you back. And so crypto is a good example where people are just chasing the sexy, exciting story. And it won't be not the first time and it won't be the last. And until you learn the lessons, you're going to continue to repeat it. Now, I'm Justin Klein. This is another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. 